Trading Nut, episode 177. Right now, I try to aim for at least $5,000 withdrawal minimum. So if I get to $5,000, I would pull some of that out. Um, yeah, that, that's kind of like the first target that I would do if I'm, if I'm up um, $5,000 for the, for the month or even the week. I'll maybe take out um, $2,500 or something like that. But $5,000 is definitely something I would take out. The market's going to do something. Your job is not to fight it. The market never, ever runs away. It's always there. That personal diary of trading will make you a much better trader than... I could be right about the direction, but wrong about the trade. Don't focus on the monetary side. Trying to make too much money on a trade is what I have seen killed every trader. Your losses offer you some of the greatest insight you can find into your mistakes. Relax. Learn the process. Candlestick pattern trading is a freaking trap. Don't be in a rush to become a millionaire. Let the market tell you what the market wants to tell you. This podcast is not financial, trading, or investing advice of any kind. What's up, traders? Welcome to another installment of the Trading Nut Podcast. I'm your host, Cam Hawkins, and today we've got Doyle Exchange on the show. Now, Doyle has just completed, very recently, his first year of full-time Forex trading. Yes, that's right. He quit his day job. He went full-time. And you guys are going to get a massive insight into that journey, the journey that took him to the day where he quit his job, uh, the journey into that first full year of trading as well, and everything that went along with it, along with a crazy, crazy story about how he met a New York floor trader who helped him construct his trading zones a lot differently or a lot better than what he was doing in the past. So guys, that is coming up, so stay tuned for that. Just a couple of other things before we jump in there. Trading Up Funded Cup, uh, June uh, Cup is up there for you to register for over there on tradingnut.com. If you want to check out the leaderboard of the prior cup or the cup that's running now, it is over there on City Traders Imperium site as well. So go and check that out. Live streams, we've got five live streams happening this week here on the channel. Live trading live streams with a new trader starting tonight. That the time, well, tonight, the time that I record, uh, and it's going to be probably by this time this goes live, you'll be able to go and watch the replay with Nathan Nolan, who was a finalist on my Trader versus Trader show. So, guys, if you want to go and check him out on the Forex London sessions, he's going to be here pretty much every week. So, you can you've got another chance to go and see him do his thing. All right, folks, and uh, the Robot Builders Club ZZ Fib Bot. Uh, I'm building these to try and pass funding challenges now. So these are for my robot lab, which is part of my robot builders club. This one was a bit of trial and error around me trying to get it set up correctly on the actual MT4 account or MT5 account that it's trading on. I struggle with this, but the results are over there and it's actually started doing all right. So you can go and check that out. And I'm building a new robot for uh, June. I do one of these every month. I put them up there in the lab. The guys in the Robot Builders Club can come and download them. Um, But if they're going to use them on a funding challenge, the thing is... You've got to make it unique to yourself, and hence why the Robot Builders Club is perfect for that, because you can tweak the strategies to make the entries different from the entries that I've come up with. Um, You can make the exits different, and it means you can run these bots on a funding uh, challenge platform and be able to not be kicked off for copying trades which is one of the things they do. So guys, um, yeah, go and check that out. Links under the video there to the Robot Builders Club and everything in there. Now, let's get on with the show here with Doyle. Folks, if you missed out on joining the Trading Nut Funded Cup, don't worry. With over 3,000 traders registered, my sponsors, City Traders Imperium, have decided to run another. But this time, they've promised the prizes will be even bigger and better. Folks, if you want to register for this and show your skills as a trader, 
click on the link above or the link below the video or in the podcast description then sign up for free before 15th of june 2022 and get 10 off any city traders imperium product just for entering the competition good luck folks and we'll see you in the cup all right folks here we are on trading up we've got doyle uh, exchange in the house uh, welcome to the show doyle thank you thank you and uh, so you're over there in miami florida you've actually just completed the first year of full-time trading so no job uh, we're going to get get to hear your story get to hear that journey to getting to being full-time and then your first year of full-time um, which i'm sure a lot of people out there listening to uh, are wanting to get to themselves and the trials and tribulations that have come with that so uh, to start off with how and how on earth did you get into trading and, and how did the start of your journey go Okay, so I ran into trading through a mutual friend. Um, I saw that he made a little over $1,000 in a day. Um, I was just amazed. As soon as I saw his MT4, I'm like, wow. Um, I didn't think that was possible. And um, I ended up joining iMarkets Live just to get introduced to the basics. But after, um, I, I was there for about four or five months after I left, then I started really um, taking trading a little bit more serious after that, so... Okay, so so when you say you're taking it a bit more serious, what what did what did that entail like? So you did iMarkets Live, and then how how were you at the charts at that point? Okay, so iMarkets Live, they showed me the basics like regular market structure, candlestick patterns, and then um, after I left, I ended up um, getting Fibs on Light Course. Um, he showed me a little a little more in depth as far as the market because iMarkets Live they kind of taught me how to trade with indicators. So when I left, it was kind of like something new as far as learning market structure and trading with no indicators. So um, that was the beginning when I first started learning how to trade was uh, through Fibonacci. And then I ended up um, not using that to, to this day. I don't use it anymore. Oh, okay. And so were you primarily just trading Forex? Yes. Yes. Only for. Mm-hmm. And so you sort of said, you know, you decided to take it a bit more serious. I mean, what does that entail? Taking trading serious, what does that look like for you back when you first started? Well, man, when I when I first started taking it very, very serious, um, I would just lock myself in my room for like a few hours, just back testing, um, supply and demand. Like, well, that's that's the main strategy that I use. But um, once I started falling in love with supply and demand, I really started taking it very serious. And I was just studying like 10 hours a day. I uh, trade in the morning, uh, study, go to work, get off of work, study some more until I can perfect my craft and be able to grow accounts. But I, I never wanted to, um, I never wanted to leave my job until I can be able to flip like at least um, three, four accounts. So, all oh, right. So, that, so, so your goal was to flip three, four accounts before you left your, your family. Yes, job. J- just. Just to see if I have the ability to do it without adding any money to it, you know. So ah, okay, and so so yeah. supply and demand. I mean, like, talk us through where you got your your knowledge from for the supply and demand approach that you took. Because I know, you know, it's it's based on zones, right? But how you draw your mm-hmm. zones and stuff is all very unique to to the individual. How did you stumble or fall on something that worked for you? Okay, so I ran into a trader in Houston. Um, he's a private trader. Um, he, well, this is what he told me. He said that he worked, um, on, uh, the trading floor in New York. That's what he told me. He said, um, I have a course and if you want to learn how to really trade the market, um, get my course. So I ended up getting it. And the way he draw his supply and demand, um, it's a little bit different, but I found what worked for me and I kind of like 
did little tweaks on it to make it more better for me. So um, that's kind of how I learned how to trace a planet, man. And and how do you, so this private trader from Houston that traded on the mm-hmm. New York floors? I mean, how how on earth did you find him? Out of all the people out there on the internet that you could go and find, how on earth did you find mm-hmm. this guy? Because it sounds like this was probably the genesis of what really kicked things off for you. Yeah, definitely. I know this might sound crazy, but I saw him driving a Porsche, and I'm like, man, like you driving a Porsche, like what do you do? And I just happened to get lucky and run into a trader. Um, he said he was a six figure trader, so. Mm-hmm. That's you know, crazy. I'm, That's so. Hang yeah. on. You, you saw him driving a Porsche. How on earth did you get mm-hmm. to the point to talk to him if you just saw him driving a Porsche? Or was it on a regular basis? He was driving past your house or something? And no, it was at a gas station. It was at oh, a gas. Station. Seriously, really? Yeah, it was at a gas station. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That is crazy. I mean, sometimes you gotta take a chance. You gotta take a chance. You never know who can change your life. You take a chance. Yeah. So what you were? Let's get into so the detail here. So you were queuing up, or were you pumping gas at the time when you thought? This guy's driving a Porsche. I'm going to find out what he does. Mm-hmm. Was it yeah. you pumping gas or, or queuing up? Um, I was pulling in, and he was already pumping gas. And I was about to go into the gas station, and I saw him. I'm like, well, this is a nice Porsche. I'm like, I'm asking, like, what do you do? He said he's a trader. And the rest was history after that. And so, I suppose, yeah, because you would have said, I'm a trader as well, or I'm an aspiring yeah. trader. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. But at that, at, that, at that time, I was just leaving IML. So it was like in between me trading Fibonacci and learning how to trace a planet man. So yeah, he definitely um gave me that push as far as learning how to really see the aggressive buying and aggressive selling in the market. That that is mad. That is the the coincidence. It's almost like you sort of, you know, you bought it to yourself that that chance meeting there. Um mm-hmm. I mean just to quickly get into the minutiae, and I don't know why this intrigues me so much, but it does, <laughs> and I hope it intrigues the listeners out there. But I mean, <laughs> what was this conversation like with this guy? Was it like a, a one minute thing, or was it a, a five minute? You know, did you end up having a chat? Um, did he just give like you a link? Two, um, he gave me his card, so he had a car. I think, well, he did have a course, so he, he was already like a mentor at the time. Um, it was only like a two minute chat, like we just. He just told me like yeah like I um I used to work for Amazon or something like that and then um I just told him like yeah I just want to really get into day trading like I'm tired of working at my job and he just gave me his car it was very short and brief like we, we really didn't say too much he had his name on a car and yeah it was really short and brief like he was already headed out gas station anyway so it really was nothing yeah okay. so so you got you took the course you you learned what he taught you applied it mm-hmm. I mean how did things start to shift for you at that point um, so it was really kind of trial and error because I was losing a little bit because um, when I was using um, Fibonacci and supply and demand, I was kind of like bouncing all over the place. So I'm like, okay, what is really going to make sense? I, I like Fibonacci. I'm making money from it. I like supply and demand. I'm making money from it. But I need to stick to one strategy so I can be able to perfect it. So um, I traded Fizz for about like a year and a half. But then once I really got better at um, supply and demand, that's and I said, okay, I'm ditching Fibonacci. Let me just go hard on supply and demand. But it was a trial and error. Like I had to um, critique his strategy in a way to make it more accustomed for me so it can make more sense to me because I just feel like when you love other people, um, everything may not click. Everything may not make sense. So I had to like critique it a little bit so I can be able to extract money from the market. So, And what, yeah. what was your win rate like or was your, your trading sort of – stats what did they look like back then when you were just starting to get the supply and demand thing working man when i when i first started trading supply and demand 
Um, it wasn't good. I'm not going to lie. It wasn't good. Um, I'll probably say maybe 40, 30% win rate. I mean, that's, that's pretty low. Um, but, um, I'm a scalper now. So I, I, I try to hold positions. That's when I realized that, um, when you're trying to get a big risk reward every single day, it may not reach there. So that's why I scout mainly. Um, but yeah, um, once I start really fine tuning the strategy, that's when my win rate started to go up and up. And what were you looking for from a, a risk to reward point of view back then when you get 30% win rate? Um, I used to try to go for like a one to four, one to five. And I mean, that's very possible. You can get that, but um, it just wasn't working for me. So I'm like, okay, how can I be able to scalp in and out of the market? Um, I really realized that I didn't, I was trying to be a trader that I'm not. So I'm more of a fast paced scalper. I want to be in and out of the market. But me trying to catch a one to five, one to six, whatever, it kind of made me get out of character because that's not, not who I am. I'm not really as patient, even though you have to be patient in the market. That's just not who I am. I'm just on my money right then and there. So um, once I start scalping and just being in and out of the market, that's when I really start getting comfortable with trading supply and demand. So. And so did you like? Did you sort of have a first winning week that you were like going, damn, I actually made money this week or I didn't lose money this week? And yeah. <laughs> What happened after that week? Did you manage to replicate it the next week? Um, my first really great week, um, I was just shocked that I did it by myself. Um, I, I think I went for like four for one. I, I, I lost one trade, one four, and it was just like, oh, like, I think I can really do this. And then once I really realized that, okay, I don't really need any assistance. I can really do this on my own. That's when I really started getting even more focused. So, Yeah. And, and how much time back then were you actually attributing to trading in your in your daily routine? Okay, so I was, at first, I was working in the morning, and I would try to um, study in the afternoon. But once I realized that the afternoon session um, in Eastern Center time, it was, that's not a good time to trade. I had to switch to second shift. And when I switched to second shift, now I'm trading in the morning, but it's a better session. I mean, New York session, that's a great session to trade. So I would trade in the morning, study about three hours before I go to work. When I get off of work, I'm studying like three, four hours, go to sleep and do it in the next day. So I would probably say during the week, like Monday through Friday, probably like six hours a day. And then on the weekends, I was going hard, man. I was going so hard. I was doing like 12 hours because I just really wanted it. So like Saturday and Sunday, I'll just lock myself in my room for hours. So I'll probably say 10 to 12 hours on the weekend and can you can you walk us through like step by step what exactly your study consists of okay so i was studying um okay first of all i was studying supply and demand but i also was studying higher time frame confluence with the five minute chart because the five minute chart is my entry time frame but i was trying to see how can i um majority of the time be on a higher time frame trend instead of the five minute because that's how i can increase my win but um, when I was back testing, I would just mainly back testing supply and demand subs. I also trade different styles like liquidity grabs and support resistance. But supply and demand is just my bread and butter. Like that's just what I love. But I really was back testing supply and demand for sure. Okay. So so when and in your back testing, I mean, how did you approach that? Were you uh, what software you were using, and what kind of reporting were you doing on your back testing, and what did you sort of define as like? successful or, or an unsuccessful backtest? Okay, so I will backtest a five-minute, just a five-minute setups. 
And then I would get the, the um, win percentage just for five minute setups alone. No higher time frame confluence, nothing. And then I would back test um, when I have the one hour chart mixed with the five minutes. So if I have confluence with the one hour chart and I have a five minute setup, I would back that and see what was the percentage. So that's kind of how I did it because um, how I trade sometimes I don't have no higher time frame confluence. It just be a five minute setup. But some days I have like the four hour in confluence with my setup order one hour. So I have to back test that separately to get different percentages. So um, yeah, that's kind of how I did it. And and we what were you using TradingView or some other kind of software? Oh, I was just using TradingView. Um, I was just back testing all types of pairs, indices, US thirty, etc. And then the yeah. replay mode, were you using that? Or were you absolutely, using, yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Absolutely. Um, and so, so what? What would you, if you had to sort of explain or describe one of your best back testing sessions where you came away and you were like, right, I'm set for the next week. What did that look like <laughs> from a stats point of view? Um, okay, so like I said, 40 percent when I first started supplying it, man. But once I started back testing and realized that this the strategy can go up to 60, 70, 80 win rate um i just was just backsting because i realized that the five minute win percentage was better when i had it was better than having a higher time frame confluence and i know that sounds kind of backwards and people may disagree but that's just the trading style that i used when i used the five minute it had a higher win percentage so it was up in the 70 percent 75 percent win rate so um yeah and was that what was that because the high time frame levels that you were picking out just weren't holding and it was blowing through whereas on the five minute you could see that the the market was doing certain things that you could will give you confidence to get in is that how did that work that seems it seems it, counterintuitive or, or sort of not the way it should work and the real reason why i like the five minute for setups and why i mainly back tested the five minute is because i only show up to the market at a specific time and i only back test at a, a specific time so if i show up at 8 a.m eastern center time I'm only going to back test during that time. I'm not going to back test no other sessions, but my session. So when I back test and I looked at the five minute, I'm like, okay, during 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time up until noon, I have a 70, 75% win rate during this time. So I'm only going to back test New York session only. I don't back test no other sessions. So yeah, that's kind of how I did it. Awesome. Awesome. Now, um, so that was getting you to the point where you were like, you know, starting to make money. How did this sort of transition from your 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 factory job to the to the full-time trading i mean what did that transition look like from a from an account balance point of view okay so um i quit my job when i had a little over uh thirty thousand in my trading account and um i know that might be a little low but i just took a risk and i i was kind of tired of working my job so um once i was able to get my account a little over like seventy thousand um, I was really like, okay, I think I can really quit my job. Um, but yeah, I definitely, I grew it from 30000 to 70000 So you started um, off with a $30,000 account when you felt confident? No. Or, no, okay, no, sorry. I, what did you start off with? I started off 30? with $15,000. $15, okay. So you doubled yeah. that, you doubled that fifteen k to thirty, and then you felt like, oh, I can quit my job. But you didn't yeah. quit until you got to seventy. Yeah, I didn't quit until I got to seventy. And what about like, um, did you ever consider that the sort of funded trader, you know, like these guys, uh, the City Traders Imperium, that that kind of route and um, to try and get the capital or you felt you didn't need to? Um, I kind of, at, well, at that time when I was quitting my job, I really didn't really want to be funded. I kind of wanted to be in full control. 
So I kind of just like having full control of my account. And it just seemed like when I was um, during that time, when I quit my job, um, prop firms wasn't that popular. I really didn't hear too much about it. So I would just throw money into my trading account, throw money into my trading account. So, um, yeah, I just did. I did the long route. I really don't recommend trades to do the long route. Just go get funded. You can just save so much time. But, uh, yeah, I, I did the long route. I just wanted just to have full control. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So, so let's get, let's jump into you quitting your job and you, you know, your first sort of foray into trading full time. I mean, mm-hmm. albeit like what, so you would have had a $70,000 buffer there that mm-hmm. you weren't drawing down on. Did you have any sort of spending money that you had? Oh yeah. That you could yeah. Spend I already had, <laughs> yeah, I already had uh, money um, in my bank account. So 70,000 was just money that I was willing to lose. And I know that's a lot of money, especially coming from a regular factory, nine to five worker, but I saved up a lot of money and I grew, I grew that as well. So um, as I was throwing money into my trading account, I was also growing it. And once I got to 70,000, I'm like, you know what, let's just go all in. Like I'm ready. Like, I, I felt like I was ready. Like I had months and months of profitability. I'm like, okay, let, let's do this. So. And, and to, to give the, to give the guys who sort of like, you know, listening in perhaps, They've um they've got you know commitments they got responsibilities they got a family you know it, were you living you know independently renting or, or owning a house paying oh. a mortgage or were you you know with family and did you have a family to support or is it an easier um, sort of road? Okay, so before I quit my job, um, I was living by my college area. I had my own apartment, and then I ended up moving back to Detroit um to stay with my sister at the time and then once I uh, left her her home then I moved to Miami so um when even when I was in college I didn't have a lot of bills um the midwest also living in the midwest not much so it wasn't really a struggle just to save money and all of that like it was kind of easy too so yeah I kind of was fortunate enough to um, live with my sister and save money so yeah and and did you uh did you ever teach your sister how to trade or does she have any interest in that yeah, yeah, she still trades to this day. Oh, she seriously? just low key, like yeah, she ah. just she don't really do the YouTube, the online stuff, but yeah, she still trades to this day. And and would you say she's a better trader than you, or uh, are you guys <laughs> on par? If you had to, she might. She's probably gonna watch this, so you want to be careful. <laughs> yeah, um, I I don't know. Um, I don't really keep tabs on her MT4, but uh, she's she's good though. She's good. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, and well, sorry, you taught her how to trade, or or did she? Um, she was kind of she was kind of learning with me um she took a a break a little bit but um she ended up hopping back in so I was kind of like a couple months ahead of her but other than that like she we was kind of learning at the same time um now uh okay so you you've you've first week of trading at home by yourself What, what 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 was that like with no job um um are we talking about in Miami or when I went back home to Detroit ah what was harder what was what what felt more sort of like damn I'm sort of I'm on a limb here now was it um I want to say when I came back home it was a different environment um because my the college that I went to I went to Western Michigan University and it's a pretty decent college but when I came back to Detroit it was a lot of distractions um it was hard for me to focus um it really wasn't my home so I could be as comfortable as I wanted to so it was it was an adjustment um I just had to stay focused um just stay focused on my uh trading career you know but it was that tough 
And so, and so that first week of trading was did you make make bank? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I was still doing the same thing. So like the first week when I came back to Detroit, yeah, it was the same thing. Find yeah. man, TPs was hitting. Like yeah, it was the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I had a good, good, great week the first week when I came back. Okay, cool. Sure. So, so <clears throat> sorry. So um, okay. So so were there any stumbling points across this first year of trading where you were like going? I'm sort of doubting what I've done or yeah. anything like that. Like, and how can you talk us through those those aspects? Okay, so the first year going full time um, is I just I just made a recent video on this, but it's it's scary. Like, you don't really have no security. It's just you in a chart. You can't blame anybody else. It's just you. Um, what I really learned is just that you got to really believe in yourself, even if you're on a losing streak. If you're losing money trust your strategy. You did the work and you put the time in and you back test the win percentage. Understand that you may be um, in a losing period right now, but overall your strategy still works. Stick with it. Don't switch your strategy. Don't add nothing to it. Stick with what you've been using. That's been making you money. That's one thing that I had to um, really lock in as far as my first year, because it's, it's easier to trade when you have a cushion as far as your job, but when you don't have a job, it's like, okay, you got to make this work no matter what. You have to make it work. So, um, yeah, that's definitely what I had to kind of deal with, which is a little bit of self-doubt a little bit. And um, when I go through a losing period, it just made me a little discouraged, but I just had to just push through it, you know? So, yeah. And, and how did you deal with, like, withdrawals and, you know, keeping the balance at a certain level and, you know, taking enough to, to live off? So I, I have, like, a schedule. I try to do every two weeks um, withdrawal or um, – and say if my my month wasn't that good, I'll only do one withdrawal. So I'll try not to add more money to it. But um yeah, I just try to space out the withdrawals. And the withdrawals was I mean, it was a nice amount of withdrawals so I could still live off of it and um still be able to keep the account to a nice amount. So And, and yeah. have you got like a fixed percentage of the account or the profit that you will take? Yeah, so I kinda well, right now, I can't say like when I first started, but right now I try to aim for at least $5,000 withdrawal minimum. So if I get to 5000 I would pull some of that out. Um, yeah, that, that's kind of like the first target that I would do if I'm if I'm up um, $5,000 for the, for the month or even the week. I'll maybe take out um, $2,500 or something like that. But 5000 is definitely something I would take out every single month. Right. Sure. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, back... I've seen that you've done a few account flip kind of challenges from like mm-hmm. ten dollars to one thousand. What's the difference? What's the different approach that, you, or what's the approach that you take with these? I actually haven't looked into in any detail, so I've got no idea. I mean, how do you how do you flip a ten dollar account to a thousand bucks? I haven't really flipped it. Um, I haven't flipped it yet. Oh but right, so it's just it, an ongoing video series. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. still yeah, it's still going on. But um, the way I kind of flip. Smaller accounts, um, when you first start, you got to be very conservative. Don't try to get the big home run. The key is to get a bigger RR. But um, other than that, don't try to over leverage. You're going to blow your account instantly. So try to be very conservative at the beginning. And then once you get a little bit more equity, um, you can go a little heavy, but don't go too heavy because you can blow it very fast. So um, the key to growing small accounts is the big um, risk reward. That's, that's the key for sure. And it's okay, so it's not it's not for your from your point of view, it's not risking more of the account to then Mm-mm. get it. Okay, nah. all right, yeah. Not 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 the small accounts. Not one I trade a bigger account a little bit differently, but smaller account, no. 
you gotta grab more pips for sure yeah okay um so so what what kind of risk would you be doing on that small account flip um i would probably say maybe two to three percent um i kind of risk a little bit more because i i'm kind of an aggressive trader in a way so i risk probably five percent three percent depending on how good the setup is but i'm definitely an aggressive trader like some people preach one to two percent but i'm a little bit more aggressive on that so i don't i don't really preach that but that's just how i trade i like trading a little bit um, more aggressive so and and where's that account flip at, at at the moment um, two hundred and eighteen dollars right now. It's pretty good, so, eh? From a ten dollar from a ten dollar starting account balance, that is, that yeah. is very very good. Um, yeah. right now, so diving into some of the stats on your trading these days. I mean, how many trades are you taking a week? Okay, so um, I trade Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. I don't trade Wednesdays. Um, I take one and two setups a day, so I don't trade that much. Um, I only trade New York session. Um, my risk reward varies. I do a lot of twin trading. So when I see my setup and I enter the trade, um, my first target is a one-to-one RR. After that, I'm taking partials off and I'm um, going towards a longer-term target, whether that be liquidity or a gap in the market, et cetera. But um, every day, my risk-reward can fluctuate. It's not going to always be a one-to-two or one-to-three. It just depends on the scenario of the market. So, yeah. And what what percentage would you take off the table at one-to-one? Um, 75%, um, probably 80%. I'm taking majority off because I'm a scalper. So I'm trying to just take something off of every setup. So, yeah. And and when you see those ones that, that run that the extra 25, 20%, what would they account for more than the one to one 75% that you've taken? On- um, some have, some have, um, some don't, it just depends on how long the target is. If, target is maybe a one to five and close 75 percent at, at a one to one it's not going to really matter but say if it's a, a one to six or one to seven that may be more than that that one to one that i just closed so yeah and what instruments are you trading uh, i trade nas 100 which is my favorite instrument to trade um spx 500 gbp usd and i'm a little iffy about euro usd this is i'm on both sides of the fence for euro usd <laughs> I'm just tired of it, I swear. Um, and w- winning percentage? A 75% win rate, sure. Yeah. Awesome. And so, okay, and your higher time frame, lower time frame entries, are they? Are you entering on a like a market order or a stop order, limit order? How does that look? Uh, market execution, just getting in. Um, just no no pending orders, just getting in um, when I'm ready to get in. So. And are you waiting for the close of a candle or are you entering within a candle? Um, I'm waiting for the break of the candles. So I trade the breaks of the highs and lows of the candle. Ah, so, okay. Okay. Yeah, I can show you. I can show you that later on today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Def- definitely. Um, now, uh, if you had to sort of break it down as to what made you different from other guys trying to get to the point where you are, trading full time, being mm-hmm. successful at it for a year, withdrawing five grand a, a month, there or thereabouts, what, what would you say it made you different from everyone else out there? Um, I would probably say that I come to the market unbiased every single day. Um, a lot of traders tend to only, if they see a downtrend, they're only trying to take sales. And some days it may be a reversal, but with me, I'm ready for whatever happens. I'm very flexible with the market and I just be unbiased every single day. Anything can happen in the market and being biased, that can definitely 
uh, cause you to lose money for sure. So, and and I've another random question here, but uh, I did see this sort of in your list of videos. What are you? What's your sort of approach to paying tax on your trading earnings? Uh, paying tax. Um, I pay quarterly tax. Um, I'm trading as a business. I have an LLC. So um, whenever my accountant reach reach to me and say, okay, you have to pay this this quarterly. Like I just paid taxes in April. Um, I just I show him my uh, withdrawals. On, the only thing my account care about is my withdrawals. He don't care about how much I'm making in my MT4. He only care about how much I'm extracting money from my broker. So once I take the money out, I show him, okay, I just did this. Look at my Coinbase or my Crypto.com, and then he sent it to IRS, and then that's it. Boom. Okay, cool. Now, um, what about if you had to give somebody a step-by-step process to get to the point where you are or to get to the point where they can leave their job and trade full-time, what would that be? Um, Don't take the long route that I did. Go get funded, (laughs) for sure. Get funded. But um, it's going to take a while for you to really figure out a strategy that works for you. You may um, invest into a lot of education, but realize that um, the only thing that's going to work for you is a strategy that's specifically for you. So um, just take your time, bro, and you're going to get it eventually. But take your time as far as um, rush into quitting your job. Don't, don't rush into quit your job. Just take your time. Um, and what about a price chart? So you've talked about... You've, sounds like you've pretty much studied everything. I even saw you had a video on smart money concepts and stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. if you had to say go away and study, if you know three things, what would they be? Um, study uh, imbalances or gaps in the market for sure. Um, you have to know market structure. If you don't mark, if you don't know market structure, you're lost. So learn market structure. I would recommend imbalances, and um, I would probably say. Um, Learn where liquidity lies. Liquidity. Liquidity is very important. So I'll price it those three things, liquidity and balances and market structure. Sure. And and from like a, a mindset point of view, what did you do back in the day around your mindset? And did you sort of fall uh, victim to, to things like FOMO, revenge trading, um, all that sort of stuff? And what do you do now? Um, so yeah, I definitely, when I first started, I was definitely not disciplined. I was very emotional in the market. Um, one thing that I did do that kind of like calmed my nerves is when I first wake up in the morning, um, I try to listen to meditation music that just calms my nerves. Like I just, I be in, in the zone. I drink a little bit of water. Um, I try not to eat heavy breakfast in the morning. I just drink some water, meditation music. And that, that kind of helped me to be kind of chill in the market because, as I was increasing my lot sizes during my journey, it made me a little bit more emotional. So I kind of had to like, like tame that a little bit. So I'll probably say that I was um, like any other new trader, very emotional and um, nervous about losing money. But over time, you just, it becomes normal. Like you lose money. Okay. Let's, let's shoot again. Let's, let's give it another go. And over time, I just got better at being disciplined. So um, it just, it just took time. I was, I'm not the best trader and, I definitely made a lot of mistakes for sure. So, um, yeah. And so, so if you've like got, you know, a student coming through getting one-on-one mentoring from you, what would you say, mm-hmm. um, what, what sort of hints and tips do you give them to, to try and get their mindset on point? Um, well, everybody is different as far as a mindset, but definitely I would say write down your rules on a whiteboard. That really helped me um, write down your rules, try to stick to it. 
it's kind of hard when you're in the market, you kind of don't even see your whiteboard when you're trading. But um, I, I, I tell them that when it comes to psychology and your mindset, that comes with experience because after a while, when you lose a nice amount of money, you kind of get tired of yourself. When you get tired of yourself, you start to really buckle down and get serious because um, that kind of happened with me. I kept losing money. I got my rules on my whiteboard, but I'm not following it. So it's like, okay, it's either you're going to get this right or you're going to keep losing money. So I just had to just get it together. So Great, great yeah. little bit of advice there or a tip there, guys. Now, um, if there was one thing you could recommend for a trade to spend the next month mastering, what would it be? Um, seeing gaps in the market, man, imbalances. That was kind of everything. When you see where they haven't filled in, you know they're going to go up there. So I would definitely recommend to master gaps in the market for sure. And when you say they, who are you talking about? Um, the market. <laughs> I mean, the market. Yeah, that's I mean, the market because um, you like when it comes to trading, you will see why they go to certain areas and why they reverse with certain areas. And once you understand why they're filling in certain at the market, then you can know why they're about to reverse. So that's why I say I recommend to traders just to really understand imbalances because it just makes so much sense. And, and is that is that sort of like a big part of what your sort of a view on the market is to like what they are doing? Um, yes, absolutely. It's like what so your your view is on the market is looking at into the other people in the market and yes, they, absolutely. Just just to see where the um the the buying power and the selling power is coming from, and paying attention to where the gaps are at in the market. So um, that's definitely something I focus in on every single trading day. For awesome, sure. brilliant. Well, look, we're going to jump into a quick fire round here, wrap things up, and uh, and then we'll j- jump in and do that video chart walkthrough video. So, how long did it take you to go from newbie to consistently profitable? Um, a little under two years. A little under two years. What's your favorite entry setup? Supply and demand setup with a gap ahead. Sure. What strategies do you use to exit or manage trades? Um, I twin trade. So I kind of want to say my exit strategy is twin trading. So if I answer three times, I will close one or two positions. And my third position, I will leave for a longer term target. So um, either I'm getting out at liquidity or um, another gap. So, yeah. What's your recommended trading book or resource? Uh, Trading the Zone by Mark Douglas. That is a great book, man. Great book. Uh, what's your preferred broker and trading platform? Gotta say, Hinko Trade, man. The withdrawal is good, man. Everything be good. Hinko Trade. So, gotta recommend Hinko Trade for sure. Cool. Guess what, guys? Hey, folks, ever wonder what broker I use? Well, I use Hanko Trade. It was a no-brainer because I was looking for a broker with good trading conditions and one that wouldn't restrict my leverage. Now, by joining Hanko Trade, I've also cut down my trading costs significantly with their super low commission of just $1 per 100K. You can learn more at hankotrade.com or just click the link I've put in the description. Right, do you want to walk us through your worst trade uh, ever? Oh, man. Um, This was when I was trading Fibonacci. <laughs> Uh, I think it was NFP or I was trading the New York Stock Exchange open. Um, I was counter trending on the 15 minute and I lost a little. I don't even know how much I lost, but basically I was I didn't have a stop loss. So that was that was the worst thing I ever did. And I have a stop loss and it was US 30. So, yeah, it, it went terrible. Um, I was super emotional. And when I lost and I blew my account, it was just like, OK. I'm back at square one again. 
So yeah, that was a rough day in the market for sure. And how big was the account at that point? Um, this was at the, my beginning stage. So um, don't quote me, but I think it's, I want to say $1,200. It was a very small account, but I lost all of that in a day. So um, yeah, that was tough, man. Yeah. Now, um, if you'd leave our listeners with one piece of advice, what would that be? Um, when it comes to trading, you have to put your personality into your trading style. Don't try to be something that you're not. If you're not a swing trader, don't be a swing trader. If you're a scalper, a scalper. You know, like um, whatever fits you, you're going to know. Um, it took me a while to really understand that um, I'm not a long-term I don't like holding trades, so I had to find something that really fit me, which was scalping, and that's what I did. So um, I would just recommend traders out there, just find your way, and when you see the strategy that you really love, it's just going to just make so much sense, and you're not going to want to learn anything else. So, yeah. I love that. That's, that is awesome. That's an awesome quote to, to wrap up the show. Now, um, before we wrap up, what is the best way for, for guys to get hold of you? I'm on Instagram at Doyle underscore underscore E. Brilliant. Look, guys, a big thank you to Doyle for sharing with us today. Everything we've discussed here, along with all those links, are going to be in the show notes. Uh, to find them, simply search for uh, Doyle in the search box on tradingnut.com. Until next time, I wish all my listeners trading happiness and success. All right, folks, there you have it. Interview done and dusted. Now, we did shoot a video after this with Doyle. We breaks down the strategy he uses today with uh, or the one that he trades with full-time, okay? So this is his full-time trading strategy that helped him quit his day job and do this full-time. So you've got to go and check this out. He goes into a lot of detail around this as well, so there's some good examples in there. I know you're going to love it. It's on the YouTube channel. Uh, links probably are in a second here on TradingNut, and uh, also you can check it out over there on the TradingNut.com site. Now, uh, TradingNut Funded Cup, remember, go register for that for the June comp uh, live streams. We've got five of them happening this week. They're happening every week. Hit subscribe, hit like, click on that notification bell and click all to get notified when they land we've got nathan nolan starting out this week um, you'll be able to catch him next week by the time this goes live and uh last but not least my robot builders club yeah we're building these lab bots now to try and beat these funding challenges uh it, but you need to make them your own as i mentioned at the start of the show you need to make them your own that's where the robot builders club is perfect because what I do is I give you the source code, which means you can use the drag and drop editor that I teach in the in the club uh, to make the strategy your own, to tweak it so that you don't get the same entries, you don't get kicked off these funding challenges for copying other people's trades. All right, guys, that's enough from me. I'll see you in the next video.